Skills might get you in the door, but without character, you'll eventually be shown the door. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Our special guest today is Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is the founder of Global Servants. He is a New York Times bestselling author, educator, charismatic leader, businessman, and a nationally recognized figure in Christian higher education. Dr. Rutland has been married to his wife, Allison, for more than 50 years. Together, they reside in the greater Atlanta area. Let's jump into this very rich interview. Our special guest today is Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland, welcome to Transformational Truths. We are truly honored to have you today. Thank you, and, and I'm honored to be with you. I've looked forward to it. Well, so have we. So today's transformational truth is this. Skills might get you in the door, but without character, you'll eventually be shown the door. And essentially, we're talking about the importance of a leader's character. There is a tremendous temptation, I think, for a leader to rush past character development for skill development because I think skills feel less abstract. They feel a little more measurable and they appear in our culture to be the vehicle that's going to get us to our desired destination. But without slowing down to develop our character, even if we work really hard to hide our character flaws, eventually they'll resurface and we won't get to stay at our destination for long. In short, if we don't deal with our lack of character, our lack of character will eventually deal with us. And today, helping us unpack this idea is Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland, you actually wrote an important book called Character Matters. Um, in fact, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's actually required reading um, at Richmond Graduate University. And um, I worked through it two semesters ago. I just recently graduated, and that book was incredible. And uh, one of the reasons I was so looking forward to this interview could you take a few minutes and talk to us about the importance of character in the life of a leader? Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it. And I like uh, what you were saying at the very beginning about the, the, the tension between skill set and character. Uh, one of the reasons that, that skills that we want to rely fully on skills is frankly, they're easier to develop than character. And in fact, in the contemporary culture, we may not have to develop them at all. Uh, because uh, talent in the modern uh, Western culture, talent will take you so far. What wow. you're born with, you don't, you don't even have to discipline that. Uh, because if you're extraordinarily talented, if you, can hit a, if you can hit a jump shot from the top of the key seven right. times in, you, don't, you may not ever, ever get any better than that. You get right. seven out of ten at high school. You get seven out of ten in the pros. <laughs> so, so talent, ability, skill sets, those things, depending on on the amount of of sharpening up they need, we may not have to work at those at all. And then when we work at them, they're easier. It's just mm. easier to improve 
um, my speaking ability than it is to improve my inner self. Hmm. So, so yes, this, this culture we live in is obsessed with talent. Uh, we, we all think right. we're going to appear on America's Got Talent or The Voice right. or whatever it is. And every shortcoming, every inability, something, somehow the Western culture is going to finally realize how wonderful we are. Wow. And, and it's a, you remember when you were a little boy, did your dad ever take you to a professional baseball game? Oh, yeah. And you carried your glove. I'll tell right. you why. The, the subconscious thing behind mm. that. Part of it was hoping a foul ball would come your way, but that's not it. Actually, deep down inside, every little boy fantasizes that the manager will come over and say, the second baseman is hurt today. We need you to go in. <laughs> that's so true. And we still live there. We think, we think that's going to happen to us. So we don't uh, – um, I saw a survey. I don't, I don't remember if it's in Character Matters or not. If it wasn't, I should have put it in. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's a great survey. They interviewed Japanese parents and asked them, what do you think is the number one variable uh, that will determine your child's success? And they said hard work. Mm. Interviewed American parents, and the number one variable was talent. Wow. And that's huge. Wow. Wow. That is huge. Um, Dr. Rutland, what, what would you say for our listeners is at stake if we neglect developing our character? Yeah, of course, the problem is the, the sort of hidden uh, process of developing character it doesn't, it doesn't show. You can't see your muscles getting right. big as you do right. another, another rep with the, with the bar. It also, it's a high-risk operation to ignore it because you, may not also, you also may not see some immediate collapse. Mm. If you see what I'm saying. If yes, I, I do. Just, if I could just say to people, you, if you don't develop character in three years, you're going to have a moral collapse. But it doesn't work that way always. Right. What I'm saying is that if you don't develop character, you're operating without a net. Hmm. That, that, that it, it could happen at any moment. Furthermore, it's, it's not just running the risk of, uh, say, a scandal or something like that. It's, it's just the... Um, the character of you as a person in your relationships, how you deal with your employees, how you relate to your spouse, how you talk to your children at the dinner table, all of that is, is part of character. It's not just- That's good. It's not, not just the issue of avoiding a scandal. Right. It's the edification, the building up and strengthening of that inner person, which, which does have impact on that outer performance, if you will, but that outer person that you see. Mm. I, I, I've always said, and you want to really know what somebody's like. Don't watch them in the boardroom or in a meeting. Take them out to dinner and see how they treat the waitstaff. Uh, that's good. That, that'll show you more about their character. Right. You may have learned how to act. So in other words, 
acting like you have character in a board meeting can actually be a skill set. Hmm. But that's, that's good. But that spontaneous thing mm-hmm. in that unguarded moment when a waiter drops spaghetti on your lap, right? Now, now we find out. There's no skill set that covers that. Right, right. Who is this person? Right. And I think you covered that beautifully in your book. I think you told the story, the true story of the the uh, the manager who was making a hire, and he pitched him sort of a test question to see how he would uh, handle his wife or how he would talk about mm-hmm. his wife when she wasn't in the room. And he knew who to hire because one guy was really quick to um, – demean his wife or make fun of his wife, but the other one refused to do it. And that's when he knew he had his man because the man had character. That, that's exactly right. And that's the, the kind of places where, where character flaws or character weakness, even not even character. You think of character flaws as some uh, major thing, you know, some issue, but I, I'm just talking about an undeveloped character. Right. You don't have, don't have that muscular, robust character. Right. Right. That's, I th- that's where it shows up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so, it, so it's possible to be succeeding externally, but it's possible to st- at the same time be failing internally. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I've written a book on, on counseling, on inner healing, and it's going very well. But the only counseling I do anymore hmm. is with l- executives, leaders, pastors who are in crisis. Hmm. And I, and I want to tell you, 90% of the crises that we're dealing with are actually character issues. Wow. Wow. So, I hope everybody, I hope everybody listening, you, you might need to hit pause and hit that little, you know, 15 second rewind button. That is an incredibly important point. Let me, let me repeat that for those who may have, may have missed it. You said 90% of those executive level leaders or pastors, or those in, in high levels of leadership, 90% of their crisis really stem from character issues. Yes, I believe that's true. I mean, I'm not willing to go to court on the 90%, but I mean, the huge, vast majority right, right, right. of those things are actually, actually either arise because of character weakness, or they are actually just character issues wow. that are solved. So you, you wind up as, uh, I, I, um, I spent a whole year counseling with a, a senior vice president for a major um, company that manufactures televisions. I don't want to narrow it down too much. Sure. And, and what it really came down to was he, he never really developed beyond about a, a junior high school character level. He was hmm. just smart and so good at business and so everything that he rode on all that. But finally... His marriage was in disarray. His employee, wow. his employees hated him, and his employers trying to figure out a way to get rid of him. Wow, wow! And, and really, what it came down to is, he he had the emotional intelligence of about an eighth grade boy. He's volatile, uh, emotional, angry half the time, and mm. then and then what happens to that is that rolls out into, you see who you are, you see how you're living. That rolls out into depression. Right. But, but depression and fear and, and anger, those aren't, those aren't the underlying issues. The underlying issues are actually character. Wow. 
Well, your your story highlighted, we're back to the initial point that if we don't deal with our lack of character, our lack of character will eventually deal with us at some point. Yes. So it will, it, it just has a way of catching up. You, it also reminded me of a moment um, when I first started pastoring Dr. Rutland. I remember moving to the city to pastor the small church of about 14 people. And um, we just took the step of faith to to accept this appointment. And I'll never forget sitting in the house. We just moved to the city and somebody from this, this small church called and said, pastor, we'd love to introduce you to somebody here in town. And I just sat down with my wife. We we're going to watch a movie, have a little date time, you know? And um, I said, okay, um, it sounds great. They said, well, we're outside right now. We're out in front of the house. Let's go right now. I said, okay. And I jumped off off the couch. I said, Hey, I got to go. I'll be back. And I left. I met this person came back and I'll never forget my wife, Tina. She looked at me and she said, you know, it only took a phone call for you to walk away from a promise you made to me. Is this this what it's going to be like for the rest of our lives? And I, in that moment knew that there was something underdeveloped in my character. I I immediately felt what, you know, in in the church world, we call the, 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 the the loving conviction of the, the spirit of God. And I knew that something had to evolve and change in me. But for me, that was a paradigm shifting moment. It was painful at the moment, but I'm grateful for it today. Wow, that's that's a terrific story. If I'd have gotten that story from you before this, I'd have put it in a book. Uh, (laughs) Great story. Look, here's an important point. Character development is a life process. Yes. I, I don't want anybody to hear either of us talking now like we, uh, like we right. have character issue resolved, we're perfect. It's a life issue. So that story you just told about deserting your wife for a phone call, I just, <laughs> I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I'm trying to just say, right. that could pop up again at 50. It right. doesn't, mean, doesn't mean you're an evil person. The, right. the, greatest, the greatest crises issues in my own life were because of areas that still needed to be worked on. Mm. But when those things pop up, it, it's, not, it's not God saying you're evil or you're bad or I hate you or I won't use right. your leadership. Right. It's, we still have to work on this. The, that it doesn't destroy us right. it is the testimony to God's mercy and grace. Mm. That it pops up is a testimony to the fact that it's unresolved. Mm. That's so good and so life-giving. Thank you for sharing that. It's, it, it truly is a lifelong journey. Um, Dr. Rutland, you know, and you've already kind of touched on this, uh, but let's go to this question. What, what, why do you think the temptation um, is so strong sometimes to skip character development? Where does that come from? Well, uh, I'll be frank with you. It's painful. Um, mm. Working, you know, the old um, weightlifters thing, you know, um, uh, no, no pain, no gain. Isn't right. that the way? Right. Okay. It, you can take that, magnify that by a hundred in character development. Mm. That, that moment you told about with your wife there when you jumped off, ran off, but answered phone call. Okay. That was painful. Right. right in that moment. But I promise you dealing with it training your inner self to honor a promise, value one relationship over another, be faithful. That's not an event. 
Mm-hmm. That's a process that's emotional, psychological, spiritual, character, weightlifting. And oh, that's so good. And it just, it just isn't fun. <laughs> it's fun about it. The only thing is, if you want muscles, you lift weight. If you want character, you hack through it, dealing with those embarrassing moments when you realize what an emotional weakling you are. You do. Right. You do. <laughs> right. And, right. And, but, but it doesn't end the process. You just get back into lifting weights. I, um, on that point, I, I remember having this own paradigm shifting moment in my own life when I realized I was avoiding those painful realities about, about myself, my own character flaws. And I had this, this moment of, um, we'll call it revelation where I, I realized I'll always be an underdeveloped leader as long as I avoid pain. Mm. I, I knew that my worst enemy in the world was not another person. It was myself. And because I wasn't willing to engage in those painful moments to develop those emotional muscles that you're talking about. But I can look back at every challenging, difficult, um, painful, unpleasant moment that instinctively I wanted to avoid, but ended up being a catalyst for growth and change in my life. And because of it, my relationships are richer and my, my character has, has matured. Um, but it was not easy. And there were many times I would have preferred not to engage. And quite frankly, there were times I didn't and, and prolonged my own process. Yeah, the ease, the ease with which anything is developed is actually almost invariably proof of how unimportant it is. Oh, wow, whoa, whoa. Can you say that again? <laughs> well, the, the ease with which anything is developed is, is almost always proof of how unimportant it is. Wow. Um, I, I went to uh, preach at a, at a church in Alabama one time. We went to this guy's house for lunch. He said, how would you like to see my garden? We went out in the back of his house and I, it must have been half an acre, I guess. It was just huge and it was all onions. It was just onions. And I said, <laughs> you must really like onions. He said, no, no, I don't even pick them. My neighbors come and get them. I don't like them. I said, why, why would you grow a quarter acre, a half acre of onions? And he said, oh, they're the easiest thing in the world to grow. He said, wow. you just about. You just about can't kill onions. He said, I just plant them, let them grow, and I get people come over and pick them if they want them. He said, I just want to see something grow, but I don't want to work too hard at it. Oh, and my I, goodness. I said, there, there is a great truth. If you just want onions, it's easy. Wow, wow. I just want to see something grow, but I don't want to work at it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I think I, I think whoever you were having lunch or dinner with diagnosed um, a lot of our a lot of our struggles in our in our leadership cultures. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's it exactly. Wow! Oh my goodness, um, Doctor Rutland, in your book Character Matters, you you wrote something that I think is important to share with our listeners. Um, it's really powerful. You said on the on the matter of loyalty. You said loyalty is the very fabric of community. Devoid of basic trust and some kind of mutuality of commitment, relationships cannot prosper. When loyalty is lost, the very fabric of relationship unravels. Will you talk to us for a few minutes about the role that loyalty plays in a leader's life? 
Yes, loyalty in the leader's life, uh, frankly, in anyone's life. Yes. Without loyalty, the whole relationship and all our relationships descend into a kind of um, terrifying paranoia. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know who's manipulating, controlling, lying, whatever. Uh, everything turns into some kind of horrible scene out of Macbeth. Mm. No, I'm I'm not sure who is whom. Right. There be some some commitment, some mutuality of loyalty, or or life is just terrifying. It's terrifying. Uh, To whom am I loyal? What is a a a stratification of loyalties? What is my top loyalty? How do I how do I settle those? To whom am I ultimately loyal? I mean, and that's resolvable with the Christian faith. We know what our ultimate loyalty is to, but then there are descending stratas of loyalty in that. And mm. many people never resolve those. Um, I, I'll give you an example. The, uh, teenagers, young people right now, um, that establish an inappropriate horizontal loyalty, ultimate loyalty with their friends. Yes, I'm more loyal to my friends than I am to my parents, than I am to the government, than I am to God, anything. That inappropriate horizontal loyalty will destroy them. The problem is even greater than they think. Hmm. And that is that that other person also has an undeveloped loyalty strata. And so therefore they can't depend on each other either. They think they can. Wow. He's my friend, but because their loyalty, their loyalty levels are not resolved, they don't really know if they're friend. Will he squeal on me if he has to? Right. Will he lie about me if it if it serves purpose? Right. You know the the old phrase "There's honor among thieves" is one hundred percent false. One hundred percent false. The most <laughs> disloyal people in the world have no vertical loyalty. They are actually disloyal to people horizontally that they think are their ultimate loyalty. Wow. Um, In that same vein, uh, you know, we've got we've got a lot of people in ministry, pastors and leaders that 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 also listen to the podcast and um, your experience in ministry and and especially counseling uh, pastors and leaders, leading pastors and leaders. Um, and myself being a pastor, I've, I've noticed that it can oftentimes, Dr. Rutland, be so challenging for pastors and leaders to cultivate, you know, real genuine relationship, real genuine friendship. Have you encountered that? Have you seen that, observed that? And maybe can you speak to that? Why is it that sometimes in ministry settings and ministry leadership, finding that friendship, that relationship that you could truly be, quote unquote, loyal to can be very challenging? Why do you yes. think that is? Yeah, it is. And I actually, I think it is probably true also in the business world Mm. or in the sports world or whatever. I think it's just that we have a naive feeling in the ministry. It ought not to be that way. And so therefore when it is, it feels Uh worse. That's what, that's what I think. Oh, that's good. But yes, in the ministry, I would urge Maybe if any pastor is listening to me and you don't hear one other thing that that we say in this whole uh, broadcast, I wish you would hear this. 
intentionally develop some outside highly loyal friendship, one or two people mm. beyond your spouse, beyond your family, outside, outside your colleagues, and not a member of your church. Mm. Someone, I, I, I began in a covenantal prayer friendship with a friend of mine uh, in, in 1972. We were both student pastors working on our master's degrees and we knelt in prayer at the altar of his church and we covenanted together no matter what. Wow. So right now, I'm in my 70s. I could call him right now and say, look, Lawrence, I, I hate to tell you this. I don't know what happened, but I just knocked over a liquor store. I've committed felony robbery. He'd say, stay right where you are. I'll be there in an hour. Mm. Now, if you don't have somebody like that, and I urge two or three somebodies outside your level of colleagues, not, not, not in your staff, yeah. and, and even, I know this sounds crazy, even beyond your spouse, mm. then I urge you to cultivate that person. This is a strange, terrible, and barren land in which we are doing ministry, and right. no, nobody is strong enough to fight alone. Wow. Wow. Uh, that is so strong and so important. Um, could you, could you offer our listeners a tip and they say, well, Dr. Rutland, I hear you. I want that, but I don't even know where to begin. How do I find that one person? Yeah. The, the, well, the first thing is ask God for somebody like that. Yeah. Really pray and say, God, who then begin to experiment a little bit. So, in other words, test the, the limits of a relationship here or there. See mm. where, you know, Scripture says, lay hands on no man suddenly. We, right. the, we've taken that to mean don't hire the first youth pastor you interview. <laughs> but, but I'm saying it, it implies deeply how far you move forward in a relationship. So mm. this means finding purchase in the relationship, your loyalty, their loyalty, over an extended period of years until you've uh, built up enough purchase, whatever you want to call it. I use the word purchase, yeah. but enough capital, enough emotional, relational, loyalty capital mm. that, that you have. And it doesn't happen overnight, but, but it doesn't happen at all if you don't start. Right, right. And I think one of the things that was really important about what you just said was really adjusting our expectations. I think there is an unspoken expectation that essentially goes like this. Uh, the relationship that Dr. Rutland's describing should just be there overnight. It should just be there within a couple of weeks. But, but what you're explaining is, hey, we should probably adjust our expectations because it takes time to cultivate that kind of relationship. Yes. And also, I'm talking about a different kind of relationship than um, I, I'm not talking about that casual friendship, which even is a freak. So there's a guy you go fishing with or you go to the baseball game with or, yep. or whatever. You see him a lot, but he's not that person. Mm. Then there's another guy, my friend that I'm telling you about. I pastored uh, mega churches. I was the president of two universities. He pastored very small Methodist churches. Yeah. We, we didn't chum around. We were covenantal 
supporters of each other uh. in times that I could call him and tell him anything, anything. And yeah. I knew he would desert me or leave me. Wow. And, and that's, so I'm not talking about chumminess. Yep. You may not even be people that you spend a great deal of time with. Yep. I don't know how to describe it, but I'm telling you, mm. it's a huge asset in life to have somebody mm. like Wow. Uh, that is, uh, that's so important. Um, along with loyalty, Dr. Rutland, you address the importance of courage as an attribute of character and one of the things you wrote is especially important, I think, for, for all of those, those lead pastors who are listening, and I'd like to read it for them. You wrote this. You said, hardly any endeavor known to man requires more courage than preaching. The courageous man of God preaches what is right, regardless of whom it pleases or offends. He not only preaches what is right, but he must preach what is right in a right way refusing to compromise his message or his methods. Could you encourage pastors and teachers for a moment and speak to what it means to not only preach what is right, but to preach it in a right way? Yeah. First of all, let me say just one word, introductory word about courage. Courage is actually, in my view, as I understand it, is the catalytic virtue for all the other virtues. Mm. So one, one might be um, honest, for example. Let's take that one. Um, one might be honest, but the, the activity of an honest action, doing something honest that will cost you, uh, being loyal to somebody in, in front of other people in a way that will cost you, what has to happen? take hold in those moments is courage so that the other virtues in a way ride on courage. Courage is the thing that, that activates them. If right. that makes sense. So one might have, one might have uh, a virtue inside, but the virtue in action needs the rails of, of courage to ride on. Mm. Uh, Second thing about courage that's extremely important. This is extremely important. Courage is not a way of feeling. Um, a lot of people think they have no courage because they're terrified. But, but you can't even have courage until you're frightened. Right. Oh, that's so important. So the, the young soldier who races across an open field toward a machine gun may be courageous. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's just deluded. Maybe, maybe he's bought into this thing that he, that he's the young person who's bulletproof. Everybody else will get killed. I can't get killed. He may not be courageous. He may just be nuts. Wow. <laughs> but the soldier who's hunkered down in a, in behind a, a wall and his sergeant says, charge that machine gun. And he's sweating bullets and so frightened. He thinks he's going to throw up. Right. But he charges the machine gun anyway. He's courageous. That's courage. Wow. That's, so now to your point about the ministry, I, I know <laughs> preaching and charging a machine gun, <laughs> they don't sound, they don't sound, <laughs> depending on the church you're in. <laughs> right. <laughs> depending on the, <laughs> how many on your board are demon possessed, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, right, right. So, so yes, there may come that moment, uh, and, and not may, there will come those moments where you just sense, if I say this, if I go this far, right. you have to discern what is wisdom, what's prudence. There may be a way to say, okay, I don't need to, I don't need to say that that way. Maybe wisdom, prudence, maturity, but don't, don't disguise cowardice with wisdom and maturity and prudence. Oh, that's so good. That there may be that moment where you sense, I have to preach this, I have to say this, and I have to say it straight out. I can't, mm. in, I can't, I can't sneak up on it. I've got to say this. Unless you're really afraid that there'll be a board meeting right after church and you'll be fired and you still preach it, you're not, you're not dealing with courage. Oh, that's courage so good. When, courage is when you look your little wife in the eye right before the service and say, right. this, this may do it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to preach it. I've got to preach it anyway. Wow. Um, where you're dealing with some real, I'm trying to think of something. Okay, you're you're preaching in some situation where there's a high level of uh, racial prejudice. Yes. And you and you just feel moved of God. You have to deal with it. You have to preach it. And and yet you say to yourself, this could cost me my job. This could cost me mm -hmm. favor in the community. Yep. I, uh, and often. It's subtler things. I, I'd like to think it was, you know, the Q close clan with a gun, but it's subtler things. That guy on your board who's your number one tither, who has told you at some point or another, he hates sermons on giving. Right. And you just say to yourself, yes, but I, I have to preach on giving if I'm going to be faithful to the Bible. If I'm going to be a, a whole council preacher, I have to preach right. on giving or love, or forgiveness, or whatever right. it is. But there's that nagging voice that says, don't go there this morning that way. Mm. That's, when, that's when you find out whether or not courage is part of your package in the pulpit. Mm. I know this is helping a lot of leaders right now, Dr. Rutland. Um, for the leader who might be listening and saying to him or herself, you know, okay, I get it. Um, I need to develop my character, but I have no idea where to begin. What do I do? I'm seeing now as I'm listening to this podcast, how important character development really is. Uh, but maybe, maybe we've, we've neglected it or maybe we've avoided it. Uh, Dr. Rutland, what advice, what encouragement would you offer that person who's listening? Well, be, let me begin with the encouragement. First of all, if one even says to oneself, I want to grow up inside, I want to develop character, I want to learn the hard things and put them into practice in my inner self that will make me more honest, more loyal, yeah. uh, more courageous. If I, if I really want to make that, even that commitment, I promise you a major portion of the battle is fought. Mm. So let me encourage you with that. Most people who don't grow in their character are people who never make the decision to grow in their character. Wow. 
So it's it's two steps forward and one back. We, we're this whole broadcast. We've not lied about it. I mean, nobody just decides right. to have developed character and overnight they have it. Right. So the second thing is this: be be merciful with yourself, even as God is merciful with you mm. in the process. When you sense that wasn't that wasn't it, that wasn't what I I committed to, you repent, you claim it, you start over. And you, and you keep moving. The third thing is seek those means by which you think more deeply about character. Hmm. So that's actually the reason. I'm not trying to sell books. Uh, please hear me. But that's actually the reason I wrote Character Matters Yeah, is because I felt there were issues of character development that people simply aren't thinking about. Yeah. They, they just say, oh, wow. Oh, I see. I never thought of it that way. I think when you begin to say, to think more deeply, the surface issues of character, I'm not going to steal my neighbor's car. Okay, congratulations. You've made a character decision. Right. But, but is there, are there other things that go right. deep? When you, when you begin to think more deeply about character, mm. and ultimately there is a profound connection between the fruits of the spirit and character asking the, the Holy spirit to develop inside of you, the fruit of the spirit. There, mm. There's no, there's an inescapable connection between the fruit of the spirit and, and the issues of, of character development. Mm. Besides, besides your, your amazing book, I have no problem talking about your book uh, for you, Dr. Rutland, uh, besides your amazing book, Character matters. What other means could you possibly recommend to people who uh, just say, "Hey, I want to be really intentional about developing my character"? What else would you recommend? Well, I, I'll give you one. For example, it's a simple thing. I would urge anybody who is willing to do it to read and pray through the Book of Proverbs repeated, mm. repeatedly, not just not just here and there but saturate your brain over a period of time, say over the period of a year. Yeah. Soak yourself in the book of Proverbs. I, I believe character development will almost ooze into you through osmosis. Wow. So good. Um, I want to recap our transformational truth today. It's skills might get you in the door, but without character, eventually you could be shown the door. Um, Dr. Rutland, where can people find you? Multiple places. One is I hope they'll check out my podcast, The Leader's Notebook, and uh, also my website, drmarkrutland.com, or they can go to our the ministry my wife and I started back in the 70s, globalservants.org. They can check out uh, the girls' homes that we support and other things, but for my personal information, uh, consulting, materials, those kinds of things, drmarkrutland.com. Excellent. If you would like to connect with Dr. Rutland, please check out the links that we included in the show notes. And if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, do me a favor, take a moment, go to Apple iTunes to rate the show, write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. Dr. Rutland, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. And remember, you promised to return the favor. <laughs> Absolutely. 